Yo, brand entrepreneurs, thanks for tuning into the podcast. This is the place to help you start and build a disruptive brand and impact the universe. You're locked into the grind where we give you the inside track, the what goes on behind the scenes while we start our new business. Hopefully you'll learn what it takes to launch a successful brand as we share our learnings with you. I'm Matt Thorne, aka Sketchy Media. I'm Phil Kemish, aka Phil Kemish. And I'm Nish Solanke, just Nish Solanke. On this week's episode, we talk all things business strategy. We talk about how your business is like mountains, how to find your Sherpa, and some of the great advice we've been given from some incredible CEOs of huge companies. Let's get right into it. This is the place to be if you want to listen to a fine podcast, a podcast of the finest variety, one that mixes a little bit of business, a little bit of startup, a little bit of vibes, maybe a little bit of music, maybe the odd bar or two. It's happening all right here on this here grind, the podcast. Normally I say we're back, but it's like we've never been away. So it's true. So this is now the 11th episode. Yo, number 11. Check us out. I right. don't know. I, I'm cadence. not even dropping numbers anymore because, you know, we're, our consistency never ceases to amaze me. We have been consistent. And for many people listening who, if you listen and you have got a podcast or you're thinking about starting a podcast, not the easiest thing in the world to do, but really worth it, really rewarding. My one bit of advice would be be consistent. We record pretty much every Friday. And we'll be honest, sometimes we don't, but we record two the week before. <laughs> hey, let's be transparent. That's what it is. We change t-shirts. You know what? I noticed, I think two weeks ago, uh, when we dropped one of the episodes and we actually recorded it on the hottest fucking day of the year. And we dropped it on the day when it was shitting it down with rain. <laughs> and I had to write a little disclaimer to go, look, this, this was, was recorded on the hottest day of the world. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was hot. So it was- and also, uh, it's been pretty unbearable even just have four people in the front room and some lights on. Shooting has not been possible because this is a vodcast or was a vodcast, kind of is a vodcast. Anyway, we digress. We're back in the uh, back in the place. I've got Phil a nice new chair to sit on. So know, This is incredible. It feels like I've really made it with a new chair. He's upped his podcast. I, that's why I haven't said anything because I've been just enjoying sitting. This is like this. This is like this. This actually feels like sometimes the most calmest part of the week, where you get to like stop and reflect on what's been going on. And we're on day forty, something of sixty-six, and it has been intense. And it's sitting down with you guys has been part of my um, my most enjoyable parts of the weeks, definitely. And I imagine, given that you've just leveled up on the chair for people who who are listening, we. Phil was sitting on, how would you call it, like a plastic chair? But now yeah, it was a two-pound IKEA chair. It yeah. actually cost two pounds. And now Phil has, Phil has I've literally levelled up. I was going to sell them on Gumtree, but You've upgraded, bro. I've upgraded. You've I've done 11 weeks on a plastic chair, and now they've given me the big chair. Do so you that's... feel a lot more comfortable? Yeah, man. Yeah. Like, I've, got, I've got a coffee... I've got, I've got you guys. What more can a man want? Do you feel a lot more comfortable generally? Yeah, man. The last 66 days, given where we're at More right comfortable? Like, no, I feel like constantly uncomfortable. But like, that's why I enjoy the sitting down like with you lot on a Friday talking about what's happened because actually it's probably like one of the only times I sit down and like have a proper, oh, let me think about it and feel like what it's like. It's kind of, it's very reflective. And as much as it's like, you know, we do this as a podcast for, for other people, it's also as much for ourselves to kind of like have a chat about what's been going on and think about the things that have happened because things are happening so quickly. Like the last, especially the last two weeks, I feel like I haven't even, like I don't know what's happened to them. It's yeah. been really weird. And I'm actually kind of glad we didn't record last Friday because my head, the reason why we didn't record 
Um, obviously, we were busy, but my head, I just couldn't have coped last week. It, last week was the toughest week we've had, and we'll probably jump into that in this episode, like the business strategy side of what we've had to face in the last two weeks, especially last week going through thinking about the business strategy, having a deck, getting a load of feedback and starting to talk about the real nitty gritty bits of the business. Last week, my head was gone. I'll be honest. We've got some hard questions. When you get hard questions, you have to do some hard thinking. I think that was ultimately it, wasn't it? As well as try and juggle everything else. We've got partnerships going on. You've got... The product being built. Product being built, developer. Our own internal people issues and trying to figure out who the team is, like all at once. And they're all strategic decisions that are all really... All the P's. We've literally had, like, <laughs> we're all the P's. spinning. It's the P's, though, isn't it? Product, prize, But base. now, like, for me, it feels like we've actually now properly siloed out. Like, that's how it feels. It feels really? like... I think we're segueing so, into it. Yeah. I so still it, feel like this week's been a bit of a... Um, there's been a lot of hangover this week from some of those questions last week. The business hangover, is like, it? Definitely, like, getting asked, like, you know, because we're going into this pivotal point where we are going to need to raise some cash right to to get this off and running and maybe more than we thought because we started having meetings with like the platform inside of the business like it's great that we're building this mvp and that's happening but when we're looking at the long-term picture of what this business is which is a true marketplace and being able to have hundreds of sellers all pushing products into a marketplace what's the system that's going to support scale that and make it make it possible yeah we've never built anything on this scale no and really you know we we kind of we've had some good people around us that have worked in this space and have advised us on where to go with it so we've started having those meetings but what we probably didn't expect as much was the cost yeah and you know there's two two ways of doing a startup right it's like you build a tech yourself or you kind of work with other people's tech license it together and in this particular case that marketplace function we need to we need to license that technology like you're not going to build that there's no point but i i wasn't prepared for the cost that was going to come with it and we've you know, we've seen a lot of tech bills before. The, what we're doing right now is what, in, in, in startup terms, is called the bootstrap. Because you're like, you're just tying, is it because you're just tying your own, what is, it, what is the reason? Because you're tying your own laces, you're doing anything real fucking lean, basically. Well, you're tightening up your boots, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. Like... So you, we're, we're self-funded. So at the moment, we're looking down the barrel of how long can we keep up this momentum of this business and get it to the point where we can prove to ourselves and to other people it's worth invest, investing in. Like, thinking about those stages you're not just thinking about the next four weeks you're thinking about the next 18 months yeah. to five years the question we've been asked this week which has made us really think was if i'm going to give you money what am i getting back in five years and what's your plans in five years and like to be able to think in the future but also trying to think presently in my own brain it splits because when you're in the present moment you're dealing with problems right now day to day packaging people but then at the same time you're having to jump think forward, forward yeah. and envision future predict and then build uh, your brain my own the brain capacity i believe and what it takes to do that at the same time is quite difficult uh, so is so on. is the so is the biggest barrier with the platform at the moment purely the price against it no so what what it is is it's like and this is i think what you're trying to say here phil is like we're we are working ahead of our time so like right now we're building like what we're doing right now to get the mvp is challenging, but it's not hard. It's like, cool, we, we can build a website. We've got suppliers. We're, we've put all those components, components in for the MVP. We haven't launched it yet because that's like one peak. But what we have to be thinking about is the peaks. 
A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Further down the line. So in terms of investment, we know what capital we need now to kind of get to the next level. But when we get to the next level, we're looking at the long-term solution. So what, what does this look like to get to three to five years? And we're looking at the problems, the strategy of the business in three to five years' time and working back. So we've got two things happening. We've got raising initial pre-seed, which is money just to help us make this happen, validate it, whatever you like. And then we've got the next stage, which is how do we fund the next platform, the big build? And obviously, we're dealing with the cost for that. So you put in this stuff that's currently happening on the back burner while thinking ahead. So Phil and I are thinking about two rounds of investment at once, the longer term one. The initial round of investment needs to be thought about now because that's impacted down the line. It's like there's just so much going on. And it's I think the bit in an analogy term, the business strategy is like you've climbed Kilimanjaro. Yeah, you climbed a mountain. Not many people have done that. But but as you I've not told you about that. Yeah, (laughs) but I guess. In your head, before you climb Kilimanjaro, you might have done smaller mountains, which you're still having to think about. I've got to climb Snowden. That's whatever. You're training for those mountains. But in the back of your head, you're planning for Kilimanjaro when you don't really know what it's going to take to get to Kilimanjaro in terms of the, the fucking, like, how long it's going to take, the things you need. Yeah. But you're having to think about it. So you're dealing with one mountain while looking up at another mountain going, I've got that to come. And mentally, that's like... I'm using this as a metaphorical kind of analogy, but I feel like that's what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a big mountain, but I'm climbing another mountain thinking I've got to climb that fucking mountain. What's interesting <laughs> is the, the mountain that you climb in now you think is a mountain, but when you look at the big mountain, that turns into a molehill. And you're like, oh man, we're, we're just dealing with a molehill. Like that mountain is, <laughs> that's, that is quite a challenge. And, that, and that's basically what we're going through right now. Like you've seen it niched, like we're really split at the moment. And at the same time as being split, thinking about that long term, we're, trying to develop the brand and the story and the marketing and like, how do we go to market? What are we proving? Having meetings with people, getting the team on board. Like, honestly, it's fucking but, hard. But what, what what's given me the biggest bit of ease, and I think this is probably similar to you, and this is the key, this is the bit of action from what we've just talked about, is finding people who have climbed the big mountain to be on your team, to yeah, guide you, sure. is the number one thing that I care about right now. I know you've got like other like things that you're working at, but me personally is going, if I can't find a guide... Kilimanjaro, you didn't work that on your you own, did Sherpa, you? How, yeah, is it a Sherpa? You a Sherpa. Yeah, you, if you don't have a Sherpa, you're fucked. So I'm looking for Sherpas going, I need Sherpas. We managed to find some because then they're coming in going, I can help you with the big climb. Don't worry, I can bring you some supplies. I can bring you some advice. I'll even bring you a team of people to help. And I think that's, that's how you have to think about it because no one can climb that mountain. No one climbs mountains really on their own, I don't think. There's not many, I know there's solo climbers, but there's not like... You have to be very different to do that. It's interesting you're using this uh, mountain analogy because we can we can bring that back to where we're at right now. Like, I thought right. you were going to take it one step further. Because I love it. No, it's going. No, it's, it's going. going. And basically, we're, each mountain has a story, right? 
we have mountain A, which is the the little mountain we're climbing now. We have mountain B, which is probably the the medium mountain, and then we have mountain C, which is which is Everest. <laughs> yeah, and that's story C. So we've basically got three narratives that we're we're trying to write. And when we're when we're in this early stage, trying to like talk to investors about you know where we're raising, they're like, okay, well, you know what's what's happening with the third mountain, story C. And in order to get early investors excited, they need to know what the story C is. And what that does is it opens up a bigger worm on, you know, what's the big idea? Like, you know, we we think we're solving a big idea and we kind of are with this whole refurbished tech and people using it. But in order to make this a really, really sexy business from a getting to mountain C and having an Everest business, we need to know what the real opportunity is. Like, what is the one factual bit of information that unlocks this door and puts a fucking bomb in this place and blows the lid off this whole thing? And there's like cultural factors, social factors. And I suppose for me, why last week was so difficult is because we started having those story C conversations without even, you know, getting to the, the last chapter on story A. So it's really difficult. It's like, as a founder, it's fragmenting you because you know that, and this is the other flip side of it, actually, because we started there before. We started with story C and then we went to out to investors and people about the idea. And they were like, that's your story A. You need a story. That's your story C, guys. You need a story A. So it's like you can't win. And honestly, it's like a constant battle with your ambition, your brains and what's possible. And, you know, like for you were talking about how actually getting the people that have been there and done it to come on board. Are there any other things that maybe we've like done? outside of that that I think books and learning like you can learn a lot from some of the stuff that we've read like that story A, B and C came from an article that you shared yeah yeah, I actually did and that's I've told that story you watched me tell it to a guy this week he was like wow that's amazing because as as an entrepreneur you always want to tackle the big mountain anyone who's a climber wants the biggest mountain well we all want the biggest mountain I'm not sure that ever fucking stops which is the scary thing as an entrepreneur and an ambitious person (laughs) like I'm not sure that ever stops but regardless taking small steps towards, you don't get up a mountain unless you just go step, step, step. You have to climb up step by step. And I think, you know, part of me has come to the point now where we were going away this weekend for a little break and we have to just concentrate and focus on story A. We have to, because without story A, without that first mountain, you don't get the mountain C. And also mountain A and B are purely just training. Yeah, in a a kind of sense. Which also comes back to this other thing was the amount of time investment, energy investment, headspace investment, just going into doing what we need to do in September. The reality is, is it's going to be that times probably 50. Yeah. And it's like, this is quite a a nice little analogy that I think we've just devised. Mountain, three mountains, story A, B and C. Three peaks. And almost they map to the stages of funding as well, which haven't seen been put together. So like pre-seed is like the little mountain. Yeah. We've got seed, which is the second mountain, and then we've got like Series A. If you're in the investor world or VC, which is, yeah. which is the Everest, and yeah. and it's really really interesting. I've never actually thought about that, but it's quite. So, cool. do we think Mountain B has come a lot earlier than what we expected it to be? No, I, I feel like I, Mountain C. Needs I think to be C thought about now. Yeah, I think A and C is more important than B in a way. I think C, you need to know where you end up, and you know you need to know where you start. In the middle, it's going to kind of go this. You're going to do this. I, that's what I think. I mean, I, my hand is going up and down. People listening to the podcast, like, like you know, like a lots of mountain peaks, kind of that that theory. Um, what was really interesting, if you just put this into lay, layman terms, like Amazon started as a bookshop online, and look where it is now. I'm not sure whether maybe his story C was always I'm going to be the dominant player in online shopping. Maybe it wasn't, but he started off going, I'm going to create a place where you can buy books online. Like that's the kind of mentality of A, B and C. And 
I always say, and we we talked about this on that previous podcast with the keep it stupid simple thing, but just stripping back your idea into story A. So, you know, we stripped it back from um, Rebox being multiple items on a shop refurbished to now just one mobile phone. That's stripping it back. That's that's cleaning it up. And I think that's taking small steps. Do you know what I mean? You start to try and run up a mountain, you ain't going to get it far. You're going to stop and you're going to have to stop and camp or whatever it is. The thing that we've got to, though, is like we're trying to articulate or discover and nail a value gap. And obviously we know that there's a metaphorical value gap in the fact that there's people aren't like there's not a mainstream adoption of renewed or second life devices, which is cool. And we've got that story and it works and people are already like buying into that. But in terms of being able to unlock the thing that delivers mass scale against it in our head right now we're just doing a brand we're building a little moat and saying we're going to build a brand that stands for that but what we have to do is map to how how does that unlock to like the big big returns the big payload in the end and solve a really big problem what's the one thing that makes this tip and makes mass adoption happen and it's not necessarily just the marketplace or, or the business model it could be the way we do it do we put more get do we unta- do we look at latent value in devices that are sitting in people's drawers and we find a way to magically get those out into the marketplace differently than everyone else like we haven't got the the nail of the story C just yet but i feel like it's coming so what i meant by mountain b coming a lot earlier i meant it from an investment perspective so oh, okay off the back of that it's like having a clearer idea of what Mountain C looks like and is, therefore people have a better understanding of what the return yes. is. Well, when they we, invest, investment right? strategy, which is something that we've never done, has been a really interesting learning recently because we went and sat with um, Eleanor over at Hambro Perks, who's a, an investment associate there. And she gave us like this really in, insane like in, indoctrination into like what it's going to take to raise money and when you should raise money and how to raise money. Because there's pretty much a standard way of doing it, but also a strategic way. Like when you raise your first bit of money on SEIS, which is kind of the, the most people will try and do that because it gives your investors a tax break. To order to get to the second round, you need to basically use that money to prove the business model, and but not overprove it or underprove it because then your money that you raise in the yeah, second yeah. round is at a different value than the first. It's so difficult to like really, the steps you need to make in between those phases are critical to the business because if you mess them up, you either end up giving up a load of your company or you won't get investment. Yeah, and there's people that over-raise on story A and B don't make it to story C because the raises haven't been right before. And what Phil's saying is like, she's almost basically like, you can be a victim of your own success. Try not to have too much success. Try not to have too little success, but just have just the right amount of success so everybody's sweet and it and the numbers play it. So that's the challenge. And essentially what, what we're saying is that's come down to us really having to think about the business more strategically, not just from what is it, how are we building it? Obviously, that is a component, but also who are the people you need in? What are the stages? You know, what metrics do you need to, to drive? How do we get to those metrics? What do I get back if I put my money in? If you put money Good in, qu- what do you That's the question, obviously, that we've not raised money. So somebody having that question, you have to really think about it. Like if I put it in my own shoes, if I'm putting in 30 grand, 40 grand into something, I want to know when I'm getting my money back, how much it could be worth, not just the, what the business does in you that I trust you. Yeah. You know, financially, this is a risk. Is there a sweet spot that you reckon people are looking at for the I think, return? I back? think people want, want, you know, minimum three to five times their return. It's high risk, maybe 10 times if you're putting in money because you're, you're risking That's over the course of how many years? Could be could be five, could be up to five, could be up to 10. Like I don't, I, you know, you're investing either. Some people invest in short term, some people invest in long term. The people we're talking to invest really early, like what we're, we've kind of, like we're an early stage business. 
generally spread bet on like quite a few businesses across the year because they put in smaller amounts, but they might lose five of them. They might win two of them. They make all their money back. Look, I'm not an investor. I'm sure there'll be more people that understand this, but that's my take on what we're learning. And, and maybe as we go through this, we'll be able to get more feedback from investors that we'll give to you guys. That's what we've been told this week. We were sat with a really um, a, a great person who was the ex-CEO of Dyson, Martin McCourt, also investor. And he was starting to make us really think about some of the the what angels want to see when you're sitting down with them. And he was one which of the guys. Which never leads the big idea. Which is, which is ultimately his. <laughs> What's your story C? No, is, no, no, not yeah. the story C again, please. That, that was part of his feedback was like, I love love what you're doing, but I really need to understand the big idea and then how you articulate that to me and show me that that's going to create. Or, the 10x, 20x. And that's the value gap, what we're talking about. You know, selling selling phone, like phones and laptops, or whatever, getting 10% is great, but what is the value gap you're tackling? Are you going to make it possible for 20 times more phones to be sold? What What's the thing that's in there? So, yeah, it's biz- business strategy, basically. And I like, from my point of view, we ne- I never went went in this going, we want to ra- I don't want to raise money. Like, the work, the thing I want to do the least is raise money. Like, honestly, and we chatted to Gary Vee about it. He was like, don't raise money. Obviously, the business was a little bit different then, but we don't want to raise money, but we're going to need capital now. And that's the difference, right? So when I'm talking about raising money and the need for capital, how you get that capital is different. Some of it's going to be equity raise. Some of it's going to be debt raise. And obviously our, our business strategy challenges, how do we raise just the right amount of money so we can get to the milestone we need to become profitable, pay everyone back. And it might be that our early investors are on ratchet systems. So we, we drive them down once we've you know raised the capital or once the business is doing success. So there's all of those levels of thinking as well that we're trying to trying to tackle. Do you know what we will do on that Gary thing? Let's let's push some of that video out on our LinkedIn's. Yeah. And actually, there were some really good nuggets that came out because he even spoke very very openly about who you should be approaching for investment from the start anyway. More like the angels. He said, Don't stay away from VC, which is what we're doing. Like we're going to people who have extra capital who want to invest in entrepreneurs and businesses. And like I said, the government are very great at making that accessible through SAIS and EIS schemes. So you can just tax, tax benefits. So it it's basically gets money back into the ecosystem of businesses like ourselves. Yeah. Boris, give us a tax break, mate. You know, you've got um, the powers now. So I think we'll do a, a proper a proper one on investment as we yeah. go through the rounds. But business strategy and having to think about business strategy, investment strategy, product strategy, people strategy, really as, but develop that quickly as you scale is really quite an, an, an and it's, it's like the strategy and the components within the business. So we're basically playing a game of chess, right? We're moving loads of different pieces along, little blocks at a time. We've got brand moving a little bit. Then we've got the website. Then we've got packaging. Then suppliers. We've got all these different channels, which are like our pawns. And we're moving them literally block by block each each week. And they're all incremental blocks. But it's funny because when you're in it, you don't really see the blocks moving. But two weeks later, you look back at the thing and you've like seen... Yeah half a game of chess played already and it that's the thing that you don't see when you're in the trenches so it's kind of good taking a step back i mean what was gone sorry we'll get we'll get into that this weekend when we we're like we've neglected the brand not neglected on purpose but we've just gone everything's so lean at the moment we've just done the bare minimums on all these different channels so we have like feedback meetings with people we had our first customer session yesterday where we were like, getting feedback from people on the branding and there's loads of questions being asked about the brand and like how you're going to get to market and we're sitting there thinking fucking hell Guys, 
we're not even there yet because we, we, we're doing all these things and it's hard not to beat yourself up, but there's just not enough hours in the day. Yeah. And that, that was great, that feedback session. Really good. Like for, for us now, it's about like, you know, obviously we've had this idea and we've talked about it a lot, probably over-talked it and overthought it. So actually getting other people's energy and thoughts and it's, it gives you more clarity. I yeah, think if anything, sure. I feel more clear now going into this weekend away about really focusing on brand and, and, and you know, what we want to build in terms of marketing and strategy is going to be a much better timing. But I mean, the best thing that's happened this week is probably the fact that we've managed to sign up a Sherpa. <laughs> I'm using the Sherpa term, but an advisor for the business, which um, he comes from the e-commerce business. I'm not going to say names yet on this podcast until it's, it's all done. Treat, but like, it's like signing it's, a it's top an ex, striker. It's, an like, ex, yes. seriously, it's, it's Rooney coming to Derby. It's basically the analogy I want to use. It he, is. It is like that. He's it's not been sponsored in, though. Not been sponsored by Betfair. We should have been able to get someone to sponsor it. So he, he's surprised later. He, he's come into the business to, to and, he, and what he's come into not just like to advise but to work on the business, which is what was really important for us because right now we need people that can help shift the, the yeah. needle and and get us up the mountain, and he's somebody that hopefully will guide us and. There's no an, shortage of advisors, right? But yeah. what when it comes to these things, the the real real difference. The things that move the needle are people getting in and getting their hands dirty. Yeah. And one of the things that <clears throat> we've kind of had in previous businesses, you look at a lot of people, you talk to people, you get some good advice and some, you know, some good mentorship. But there's nothing like having somebody coming in, sitting at a desk and going, even if they've got a lane, right? Because we know that this guy's got a lane, but knowing that he's just going to come in and go, don't worry about the lane. Let's look at the problems and let's just knock through yeah, it. And he's an entrepreneur. And what we wanted, our criteria was having advisors on the board who give experience in certain categories, legal operations, having an entrepreneur Sherpa who understands what it's going to take to climb up a mountain on your own or with a small team and has done it is gold dust. And I would say to anyone, anyone starting a business or find that person for you. Do you know what I think is amazing about this whole process of us doing this? Is I remember Phil sitting here and talking to us about how he went about approaching that person in the first place. Mm. Oh, yeah, sick. So yeah. It's a month ago, Yeah, basically. well, it was under a month ago. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just over a month, 20 yeah, seconds. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but to go from cold call to in the team, four, four weeks. Yeah. But again, those are the big calls. Like me and Matt went into this knowing that if we wanted to build a business or climb the mountain that we were going to climb, there was no way we could do this on our own. We've climbed mountains together on our own. It's not like it's good, but, you know, you need a bigger team in order to climb Everest. You know, you need a, a, a base team. You need a fucking helicopter teams. Like, I love this. And this mountain analogy is taking this whole episode. Like, this this just needs to go with Ain't No Mountain High Enough in the background, and we're good for the episode. Um, yeah, that, that's kind of been where we've, where our heads are at. So it's been, it's been a really interesting, but also brain-draining few yeah. weeks of planning. I think there's been, like... We're going to go into a bit of what's popping here because there's stuff, there's stuff happening around which is you can take inspiration from. And I think this week I needed a bit of inspiration. Farfetched, amazing business, kind of basically an online marketplace for clothes, high fashion, higher end fashion. Lo love the brand. And um, yeah, they, they bought a stake in the holding group that owns Off-White and many of other really great brands. And when I saw that news, I thought, do you know what? Like, for us, we've reboxed, like, the possibilities. Like, those guys are trying to become, like, the Netflix of fashion, if you like. Buy into Farfetch, you get access to all their brands, like, whatever, however they mold that business. And I was just thinking, do you know what? Like, I would love to be sitting here in 10 years' time as Reebok. And this might be a different business strategy, don't get me wrong, but, you know, buy a car phone warehouse. 
buy a car phone warehouse and deal with all the the refurb products and reboxing like the possibility when you build a brand that people love which is ultimately what we're trying to do we've got this value gap and we've got this story c to do but ultimately our story c right now although the mechanics aren't nailed is build a fucking amazing brand that people love and change the way we consume tech that's a big enough thing right now and i can see different ways of doing it so seeing things like far-fetched and Great brands like Off White coming together in these new age companies is uh, really not, inspiring for me. Yeah, that are not that old, really, in no, terms of like 100%. the way they think and move, and it can be done quickly. It doesn't have to be like I think. I think companies before were like ten, fifteen years, and I think you can do what you can do in fifteen years in five years now. Yeah. The internet, be, the internet, the people connecting. Yeah. Just to quickly wrap though, um, we've spoken at length about like what we're going through and some of the insights that we're putting out. But in terms of like what are we actually doing to define what story C looks like? That any actionables that... Yeah, finding are, people that have done a story C and built one to help guide you on the mountain is really important. Not being scared of your story C because one of the problems with looking up at a mountain is you go, fuck that shit, I'm not walking up that. But having the balls to go, I look up at that mountain and I'm going to climb it and it's big enough. Yeah, really, That's a big at this one stage, it's about finding what gear to climb the mountain with because there's story C. Can yeah. You can get to story C in three different ways. You know, and we're talking about, is it peer-to-peer? -peer? Is it like, there are different ways, ways we can get there and I don't Dif know what the Different right, routes up the mountain. There's different routes up the mountain, <laughs> true, different yeah. trails, different kit. Yeah, yeah. And what we're trying to figure out right now is what the right combination of kit and trails are to get us up that mountain properly. And that's really difficult. And when you say, what are we doing? I am literally spending every splitting minute banging my head against the wall trying to figure out. And at the same time as, you know, it's great that Phil's bringing people in and we're all trying to work as a team, but I'm like grinding my head every minute. And as soon as those people come on, I hopefully can alleviate that pressure of trying to figure that out and we'll get there as a collective team. But, you know, while we're small, it's like I'm trying to think ahead we're all trying to think one level backwards, forwards, like it's just the way it is, right? My, my last mountain analogy is if you look up at a mountain, if a, a mountain's big enough, you can't see the top. It's foggy. You can only see the top once you're halfway up and you've climbed it and you look up. And I think until you get above those clouds, sometimes you just can't see past it. I want to leave that with that last thought, but that's kind of where I feel like, like I look at the mountain, I just can't see the very peak, but I only know that the only way I'm going to see the peak is to climb it. And if, um, and if it's getting really tough, and the weather's really bad, just yeah. set up a base camp. <laughs> just to set up a base and, camp. And uh, when you're at the base camp, let's just sit there, you know, have a cup of coffee, have a think, you know, build your base camp. and yeah, then, Chill out for a night. Yeah, you can't do then, it at uh, time. Someone storm hits, you've got to chill. So, you can, don't try and climb in that storm, man. So this week's about bedding in our story A, getting the story A done, building that website, focusing on making that the most solid basis to then climb the next bit from, which is the next challenge for us. Before we wrap, we need to start... We, we need to give a shout out to the sponsor of this episode. Phil, oh, yeah. do you want to do the honours? Yeah. This week's episode is sponsored by Revoxed, the home of refurbished technology. Yeah, we've sponsored our own podcast. That's right. Well, no one else was, so we thought, why not? We're launched now. You should be able to go to the website, type it in, reboxed.co. Go and check it out. You should see our products. Go and buy one. Let us know what the customer service is like. Tell us all about it. Um, yeah. That's it. And we, uh, just because it sounds like a bit like a joke, but we're actually going to have to go and put money from one business account into another business account to pay for the kit like that's actually happening yeah. so technically as an, <laughs> an actual sponsor yeah. hey we're trying to we're trying to make the tax work we're trying to, <laughs> we're trying to make this work you know thank you to rebox thanks to rebox <laughs> and we'll offer sponsors. you a 10 percent discount 
I'm gonna be, I don't know if I'm gonna say wait, that. Wait, wait, let's just cut that bit. Write it back, write it back. <laughs> Tell a friend and we might give you something like a massage or a chocolate. Yes, people, thanks for blessing us with your ears. Tell us what you think. Keep us in the loop. We'd love to get your stories, questions, and any topics you want us to discuss. Make sure you hit us up and leave a review on the podcast, and we'll see you next week. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today.